0: Celebrating
1: the holiday. Hello, uh, this is Surviving Healthcare Podcast, and I've got James Roguski here. I pronounced that correctly, didn't I? Who is a yes. prior guest, and he is known as the guy that single-handedly turned back the World Health Organization from their. And no, I'm kidding. He's done a he's done a wonderful job. He's been involved internationally, and he's gotten. Uh, you know, he works out of his. Garage, just like I do my <laughs> garage. I mean, almost. Um, so uh, James, tell us what the World Health Organization or the Who is up to right now.
0: Well, you know, um, they are up to the same stuff that they've been doing for quite some time, just trying to gain control um, over, you know, health industry in the world. And, you know, the starting place is to realize it's not really about your health, it's about the financial um, wealth that. Um, people spending money to try to regain their health uh, through the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. That's really what it's all about. You know, a lot of the things that they do don't seem to make any sense until you realize, you know, you're supposed to follow the money. And and so it's either about control or surveillance or uh, compliance of some kind Um if they really cared about your health, they would be having all kinds of meetings and interviews with the independent doctors who bucked the system and actually saved lives. And they, they would be asking, you know, what did you do? What what, what was your thought processes? What, um, what uh, treatments, techniques did you use? You know, that's got nothing to do with any of the um, information that I'm gonna be sharing with you because they're negotiating Um, Two separate uh, international agreements. And the main big news that I have right now is a couple of days ago, they made public proposed amendments. There's actually about 197 pages of submissions from 16 uh, different nations. Um, That's been distilled down into... Uh, 46 pages. They got rid of like duplications and things like that. And I have successfully distilled it down to the top 10 things you want to know. That's about what most people have uh, the desire to be able to handle. And pretty much all you have to do is read the first one. And you'll most likely, I believe, uh, I have every confidence in the world, when people read um, this information on stoptheamendments.com, they're going to realize that the WHO um, needs to go away. They're just trying to do things that um, certainly, you know, any freedom-loving American um, is just going to cringe when they hear what we're about to talk about.
1: Well, I think it's darker than you say, but for the purpose well, of this conversation. I'm an optimist. I'm an optimist yeah, so. you're an optimist. I think they're psychopaths, and I don't think it's about money at all. Uh, so, I, uh, so, But go ahead and tell us what's up
0: right now. Okay, so back in May, um, the Biden administration had submitted amendments to these same international health regulations, which are existing law. And they got kicked to the curb for a multitude of reasons, and not the reasons that people think. But what they also did is they set up a process by which there would be a working group to consider amending the international health regulations. And they told all of the nations of the world Please, by September 30th, um, submit whatever changes you think should be made. Well, 14 nations made it by the deadline, and we had a couple of stragglers. Uh, The Republic of Korea and Malaysia came in a little bit late, but it all got mushed into this 197-page document, and then it got distilled down by the International Health Regulations Review Committee to 46 pages of changes to an 84-page document. So they're changing a lot. Okay. And, and the first thing that just jumps out at you. And I think, you know, for people who really want the soundbite, this is as simple as I can make it. When I first learned about all of this earlier in the year, I had never heard about the international health regulations. They were amended and signed by George Bush, uh, George W. Bush, President Bush in 2005. And the third article in the amendments, I'm sorry, in the regulations, are core principles. And I'll just read to you what the first principle of the IHR is is currently, okay? The implementation of these regulations shall be, which means it must be, with full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of persons. When I first read that, I'm like, you know, hey, these might not be so bad. I, I, I agree with that. That's how it should be. Well, the Indian delegation submitted changes that are now in the 46 page, you know, proposed amendments that cross out, just wipe out with full respect for the dignity, human rights and fundamental freedoms of people. So that gives you the idea of what it is they're trying to do here. Respect for your dignity, respect for your human rights, and respect for your fundamental freedoms are taking a back seat. And I'll just read the quote. Um, The new priority is equity, inclusivity, coherence, and accordance with their common but differentiated responsibilities of the nations, taking into consideration their social and economic development. Now, that's a mouthful of words. Equity... Is often misunderstood it's used in many different ways but in the financial world it means money you know you bought a house and you paid down some of the mortgage and put some improvements and you you have a equity financial stake they talk to everybody you know as if they are stakeholders right and so there are nefarious reasons why they're doing the things that they're doing but number one they're kicking to the curb human dignity, freedoms, and human rights in in, in replacing it with a whole lot of things. If I may, um, Robert, I know you haven't seen this document. It's all up on stoptheamendments.com.
1: Let me just hold you here for one second, and this sounds uh, uncomfortably close to BlackRock's uh, Mm -hmm. D-I-E, diversity inclusivity. And what's the third one? E is stands for equity or equality or something. But this, I mean, it's, it's psychopathic and it doesn't mean a thing. So it, it doesn't. Go ahead.
0: No, you're absolutely right.
1: And so it's um, DEI actually, they, they've disguised it by transposing uh, two letters.
0: <laughs> okay, go um, ahead. And, and so in, in the top 10 uh, things, I'll just rattle off the, the titles. Okay. Um, they want to give um, additional dictatorial power. To the director general. Okay. He can now call, for whatever reason he wants, an intermediary or an intermediate emergency. It's kind of like being, you know, sort of pregnant, right? You either have an emergency or you don't. So now they have a new category that they would like to have. Um, they also would have him, after declaring an emergency, have a, a, a plan to distribute goods. And he would literally be able to tell companies, companies, there's a Freudian slip, countries, um, oh, you have to manufacture these materials and give them to that country, okay? Now, I'm all for, you know, giving, and it's Christmas time and all that sort of thing. But, you know, you give where your heart wants you to give, not where Tedros Cabraceous tells you you have to do these things. Um, they want to allow the uh, regional directors to also declare regional emergencies They're completely unelected. They have diplomatic immunity. They can get away with doing anything they want. They want nations to recognize the WHO, and I'm quoting, as the guidance and coordinating authority of international public health response during a public health emergency of international concern. They want to create passenger locator forms. If you're traveling, you have to give them your itinerary, so, they know where you're going to be in case they need to get a hold of you. Okay. Um, they have a, a lot of information about health certificates, whether it's in digital or paper form. And essentially, they want all of the nations to unify how their um, health records are kept so there can be their buzzword interoperability, so that if you're anywhere, all of the systems will be able to get your health records. So they could see if you've taken the things that they've mandated you to take or you've in, you know had the injections that they mandate you to inject um, all on a, you know, a simple system that's either digital or it could be just a printed code that you get on a cart. It's a surveillance
1: uh, tool, in other words.
0: It's not about health. It's absolutely. I actually refer to them as the international surveillance regulations because that's what they are. Got three more in the top ten. Um they state very clearly on page 25 um, that they can disclose your personal data where it's essential for purposes of assessing and managing a public health risk. So this your fourth amendment privacy rights, goodbye. Um, number nine, they buried this on page 36 in one of the annexes, and it's really just so simple. At the global level, the World Health Organization shall, which means they must, strengthen capacities to counter misinformation and disinformation. And last but not least, um, they're expanding what uh, is is clearly considered to be uh, ailments that could constitute an emergency. And I'll just read it verbatim. Um, It also would include clusters of severe acute pneumonia of unknown cause and clusters of other severe infections in which human-to-human transmission cannot be ruled out. So uh, the problem, reaction, solution issue here is, well, scare everybody, declare an emergency, get a reaction that the WHO can say, this country has to make these things and send them to that country, as if um, that would actually give them time to really figure out how to properly treat you know, people, individual people. Um, and the solution, quite frankly, is to, dump tons and tons of money into what I call the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex, P-H-E-I-C, right? It's all fake, but, you know, they want real control. And the gist of this is the international health regulations are something that 194 nations have already signed on to. We've already agreed to it. So part of what's in the document which is existing law, is the process by which it is amended. And so all that's needed to enact these amendments is come May, when they meet for the uh, World Health Assembly, all 194 nations show up in Geneva, if a simple majority, half plus one, so 194, half that's 97, if 98 tiny little nations, whatever they may be, if, if they see that the carrot of all the money coming in their direction um, seems worth it to them and they adopt these changes. Um, They will be considered internationally binding law and no signature needed, no advice and consent of the Senate. I mean, a lot of people in the United States go, oh, you know, if it's a treaty, then the Senate has to weigh in. Well, when they signed it in 2005, that didn't happen. When they did a full-on, um, uh, um, it's a uh, framework convention for the control of tobacco in 2003. Uh, George W. Bush signed it; no Senate involved. They feel that they have found a way to put into international law um, global global government, global management of your your movement about the planet based on the health choices that you've made. Has the
1: WHO done anything productive in its entire history? In other words, you talk about the tobacco. I'm sure that was on its way
0: out in America already. Uh, You know, if you look at the fine print on that, um, you know, they're they're so corrupt. You know, it's I mean, look at what happened when they stopped doing tobacco. Then people started doing vaping. And, you know, arguably uh, a lot of the respiratory ailments are caused by the chemicals in the vapes. So, you know, is that improvement?
1: And They want more money. They want to. quadruple their, uh, their budget. What percent of that comes out of the U S
0: well, see, this is where everybody, uh, I think for the most part is working on old information. Last time I checked, um, and this is going to sound funny cause you know, it, it, it's different when you're a person versus a government, but my understanding is on a yearly basis, the United States is obligated to pay $109 million. Now, that's about a tenth of a lottery ticket these days. Okay? Um, the big money comes in additional money that's essentially a donation. And the even bigger money comes from all of the many foundations who also donate money. The actual assessed money that nations are obligated to pay, it's maybe 20%. It's probably getting to be even less than that. The Bill and the Gates Foundation, all of those groups, they give money, but that money has strings attached. The assessed money that the nations pay goes into the general you know, fund of the WHO. They can do whatever they need to do with it. But when Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation gives money, oh, well, we're giving you money, but here's what we want you to do with it. And that leads to a good amount of, you know, some people would say money laundering, but certainly corruption and confusion because it's like, are they really doing what would be best for the overall health of the world? Or are they doing what's best for the investments that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has? And you know, he's claimed that you know it's the best investment he ever made. Um, and, and, and so that's even not really the big money. They have in the um, both in the amendments to the regulations and the uh, potential pandemic treaty, They've realized that they wanna divorce themselves from all of that. One of the things they've already done, and this was um, talked about by the uh, Indonesian health minister, who's not a doctor, he's a banker. Okay, so that ought to give you a clue. They've created a pandemic fund and they're shooting for $10 billion a year, which is two and a half, three times the current WHO budget for everything. Right. Um, And so nations and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Wellness Trust, Rockefeller, you know, you can go to the World Bank and do a search for World Bank pandemic fund and and you'll find it. Uh, They now have a whole big pile of billions of dollars coming in through another channel and in their pandemic treaty. The thing that's missing is. There's not a single word about, you know, how is the outflow of that money determined. Okay. And 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 so it, it's just a way for the pharmaceutical, hospital, emergency, industrial complex to grow in in a manner that people don't realize it's happening, so that all of this investment can be promised to small nations who, you know, maybe are relatively poor compared to the big nations. But many of them who are awake, see it as modern day colonialism. We've got the money, we're going to tell you what to do with it, you got to build all of these factories to make drugs and injectable poisons that, you know, because you're not killing your people as fast as we want you to.
1: So the uh, the uninformed observer like me would assume that if we had the right executive in the White House, that uh, he could just put a stop to the whole thing without any trouble and turn us back to having to ratify treaties or any kind of international entanglements by a two thirds vote of the Senate. How, How does that work? I mean, I guess, I guess they're trying to do an end run around that, aren't they?
0: Well, um, you know, I'm not a constitutional law scholar. I'm a person who has, you know, done a lot of research to see what's going on. How in the world over 250 years, um, We've gotten into you use the, the the word you know that goes back 250 years you know foreign entanglements. We've definitely signed into thousands upon thousands of agreements that didn't see the light of day in the Senate. Okay, and so um, various Supreme Court decisions have been made, and and there are um, different ways in which the United States has gotten entangled. In you know foreign affairs, and um, you know some of these are really minor things. You know they're minor contracts and stuff like that, but um, the IHRs were uh, basically classified as a sole executive agreement. IHR, the International Health Regulations. Okay. Were were they're classified as a sole executive agreement, which means. President Bush signed it and he actually did the mission to Geneva ambassador did but kind of like the climate accords, you know Obama signed it and then Trump took us out and Biden put you back in you know Trump tried to leave the WHO didn't ever happen Biden said no we're going to stay in so there are these executive agreements you know like Biden signed the G20 agreement presidents and executives you know even even cabinet ministers sign stuff all the time to get us entangled. And so we're deeply, deeply entangled. The founding fathers tried to make it difficult. And quite frankly, it seems like, you know, that just got ignored over 250 years. It's like, it's too hard to get two thirds of the Senate. So they just pretty much blew it off. And, you know, over time, um, we find ourselves entangled in all kinds of things. So what can we do about this? Step number one is what we're doing right now, which is to try to inform people. Um, I I think the action is to get people to be aware. I mean, all you have to do is look at the first thing on, you know, the priority thing here um, with they want to cross out with full respect for the dignity, human rights and fundamental freedoms of persons. When when people just get the quick view of this, they go, well. I don't want the WHO to be in charge of everything. I don't want um, passenger locator forms. I don't want um, digital health certificates. I don't want censorship. You know, why are we giving the W? The answer is for a movement to number one, stop the amendments.com. All the information is there, but really the United States needs to leave the who. When we got involved, President Truman signed a joint resolution back in 1948. And one of the sections said very clearly, I believe it was section number five, um, nothing that the WHO says requires us to do anything. Okay. We're here to help. We'll join your nice little organization. We'll participate. Gave them a lot of money, but you can't tell us what to do. Okay. Section number four said, if we ever want a divorce, uh, unlike when you quit your job, we we've promised to give a one-year notice, pay any dues that we're obligated that we promise to pay, but then we're out of here, okay? And so I think there needs to be a national and worldwide movement to exit the who, because they want to take over the world, and if we're you know if 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 you're um, oh oh there's a word it's going to escape me. But basically, if, um, if if you were on probation and you were interacting with known felons, okay, you know that would violate your 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 probation on some levels. And and so if we're engaged with an organization that is trying to take over the world, you know we're complicit. We're facilitating that. Explain who leave. Tedros
1: is. Explain who Tedros is.
0: Um, Tedros is in his second five-year term um, as the director general of the World. Health Organization. Um, he has a checkered history um, from Ethiopia. A lot of people say a lot of things. I don't get into the people stuff. What what you know in terms of character and all that kind of thing. People can make their own judgments on that. I, I call him the dictator general of the World Hypnosis Organization <laughs> because they um, currently, for the most part, only operate under Article Twenty Three of their Constitution. Which says they can make recommendations. Okay, you know, I can make a recommendation to tell you what headset to get or what books to put on your bookshelf or any sort of thing, and you can go, "Hey, Jim, thanks for the recommendation." You know, "Hey, I recommend everybody read." You know, um, read his books; they're great. Um, And people can say, "Thank you for that recommendation. It really worked out great for me. I appreciate it." Or they can say, "Nah, you know, I'm going to do something else." Right. Well, the WHO just uses hypnosis and propaganda and the media to get people to think that they're know-it-all, smarty pants, you know, experts on everything. And they've just been wrong over and over and over. And when you you see the things that they have actually done, it's criminal, right? And they want to make their power more expansive. They have clearly said they want these documents to be legally binding. And it's a difference between... Well, here's the recommendation. Take it or leave it. You know, if you think we're smart, then do what we say versus we're telling you what to do. And that's what they're trying to do right now. So so,
1: um, give our listeners a couple of examples of how they have made mistakes. And then to wrap up, tell us what we can do in concrete terms to help this and to help smash down this stupid idea that appears to be a stalking horse for
0: bankers. Um, you know, they've they've claimed pandemics, put fear into people, you know, things like, I call it money pox, um, uh, the uh, supposed swine flu uh, debacle. Uh, very often what you see, that they're intimately involved in the opioid problems that we have. Um, the influence that really influences the WHO to take the actions that they take is is generally you know, pharmaceutical companies and people who stand to make money influence the decisions. Then they've not declared emergencies in various locations where there have been outbreaks. And, and, you know, many people looking at that and analyzing it, it's like, well, they didn't take action because there wasn't any money to be made by the people who make money off of pandemics. And so we're never going to stop pandemics, which is an undefined term, which even though they're negotiating a pandemic treaty that that word does not have a legal definition and they, they did not include it in their list of definitions in in these latest documents until the monetary benefit of declaring an emergency and funneling money into the companies that profit from it oh yeah oh, you know I mean the the Indonesian health Minister literally said to the audience we've got 10 billion dollars a year coming. This is a wonderful business opportunity. Go and invest. Okay. So, you know, whether a company is making masks or PPE or drugs or, you know, hypodermic needles or whatever it might be, um, they want to direct that money into countries that, you know, would love to have that investment, but it's not really an investment in health. It's an investment in disease management at best and quite frankly, disease creation. And I know you know what I'm talking about. And and so um, the way we stop this, number one, is to shine light on it as we're doing right now. Um, everybody can go to stoptheamendments.com. That's where all the information is. And I give everybody my phone number whenever I talk on something like this. Uh, you can call me directly at 310-619-3055. Um, use any of the apps like Signal or Telegram or, or WhatsApp or texting is probably better because if I'm on the phone, you might miss me. But I, I've been talking to people all around the world and it's been wonderful. So, you know, your audience, I'm sure, is filled with people who are only listening to this because they want to be informed. Step number one, go to um, StopTheAmendments.com. There are, I think I have now, 13 actions that people can take. There's an activist toolbox on the page. Um, I've tried to make it as easy as possible for people to do uh, many, many things. But if you have any good ideas, comments, or even if you just want to help, you know, dig into the nitty gritty of this 46 page document, we've analyzed it enough, you know, to give you a synopsis. But, you know, they hide things in the sneakiest ways in these documents. And, um, you know, all the brain power, all the manpower, power that anybody um, cares to do. I had somebody text me he said, oh, you know, we're really good graphic artists and, you know, we can help you do this, that, and the other. A- any ideas are absolutely welcome. But step number one is to realize that uh, maybe 5 or 10% of the people in Congress will see this and raise a ruckus about it. And, and if I'm optimistic, maybe 20%. Um, so find your allies. Find people who look at this. Most of the people I talk to, they look at it and they go, what? You're, you're kidding. Right. And a lot of them are like, oh, we got to do, you know, we got to stop this. And so, um, this is not necessarily, um, Christmas dinner conversation. (laughs) All right. Um, but you know, are you going to be able to have the Christmas dinner that you would like to have? if you've got to have a passenger locator form and a digital health certificate to get to where you want to be to see your family next year okay don't sleep on this one folks this is this is important
1: J- james i'm grateful for your time is, any last concluding thoughts before we sign off
0: um i'm grateful for your time you know thank you for doing this on very short notice and um uh you know i i a year ago if you had asked me that i would have done what i've done this year uh i w- You know, I didn't see this coming. I I opened up a portal, fell down a rabbit hole, and here I am digging up documents from the the WHO. I I guess the only thing I really want to say is I I don't speculate. I don't get into character assassination. You know, I don't do the hearsay stuff. Uh, The documents are right there. Read them for yourself. Uh, Make up your own mind. Uh, All I do is shine light on what they tell us they're going to do to us. And James
1: James really did uh manage to beat him off the first time to beat him down and uh well, I got to congratulate him for that one. I mean, he's given given credit for it. It is certainly one of the i I'm going to
0: I'm going to not get credit for that. I'm gonna, I'm going to push back on that. Um what I think actually happened was many of the smaller nations maybe maybe they became aware of the document, okay? Because we spread the word. But I think and, and okay, and now here is you know, me doing analysis as opposed to I have evidence. OK, I got no evidence for this. So I'm just telling you right now. But this is what appears to have happened. They looked at what Biden administration was trying to do, and it was all stick and no carrot. It was all, well, you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. And they said, well, if you're going to make us do all those things, we can't afford to do all those things. We need money. Right. And and, and so they said, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. We got a better idea. Um, we'll come back around next year. And you promised to give us all kinds of money and we'll promise to comply. So I, I think what happened was that maybe they became aware of what was trying to be slipped through and, and they said, no, 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 You're going to have to sweeten the pot. So now the pot has gotten much sweeter. The demands have gotten, you know, there were nine pages earlier and there's 46 pages now. Um it, it, It's... It's a bullet train compared to a freight train, right? This issue with the amendments to the regulations can be here in no time. The talk about a pandemic treaty, they're putting everything in there that you could possibly imagine. They wanna control every aspect of life, but the existing regulations already have a structure for you know, vaccine passports and travel certificates and, and all that sort of thing. And and so they're trying to ram this through without anybody knowing about it. And I'm just trying to shed some light on it so people who care um, can learn about it. That's number one. Um, Share this. I've tried to make it easy. All you got to do is say, you know, stoptheamendments.com. And if you have any questions, give me a call. And at noon Pacific time, every day from now on, um, I've been doing it for a couple of months now. um, I have a Zoom, just a standing Zoom at noon Pacific time. Anybody around the world is invited. Um, I'm going to be pretty busy. My phone's probably going to be ringing, but um, every day at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, there's a standing 40-minute Zoom. If you want to talk about this issue, I'd love to meet you.
1: James, thanks for everything you do, and we'll look forward to hearing from you again soon.
0: Thank you. Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs)